Hello, my friends. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Allam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We are on the subject of the blood covenant. And lately I've been talking about why the new covenant is far greater than the old covenant. And I've given you 12 different reasons so far from the scriptures showing us why the New Testament, the new covenant is far greater than the old covenant. And so let us start with that now. And the reason number 13, why the new covenant is far greater and far superior to the old covenant is this, that the old covenant had many high, had many high priests while the new covenant has only one high priest. The old covenant had many priests, many high priests, and the new covenant has only one high priest, that is Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm reading to you from Hebrews uh, chapter uh, 7, verses 23 to 28. It says, And they truly truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. It means that there were many priests, because... Uh, when a priest would die, another priest would take his place because of death. Because of death, there was a continuity of priests, one after the other. So there were many, many high priests. Uh, One high priest died, then another high priest took his place. When he died, another one took his place. So they they maintained that continuity uh, uh, because people died by having a new high priest. He says, but this man, because he continueth forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. So he's talking about Jesus. He says in the old covenant, the high priest, when they died, they'd be replaced by a new one. That's why they had many high priests. But this priest, Jesus, the high priest, he lives forever. He continues forever because he has an unchangeable priesthood. He never dies. He's he's one high priest and he never dies. And so his high priesthood continues and and he lives forever. He is an unchangeable priesthood, as the scriptures say in, in the King James. Then it says, wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them, <coughs> which means that because he is an unchanging priesthood, and he, you know, and he lives forever. So he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him because he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So in the old covenant, uh, the old priest, he could make intercession for a guy and then he would die. Then the new priest would come, but they could not save anybody. They could not, the high priest didn't have the power to save anybody. But this high priest, Jesus Christ, Because he lives forever to make intercession for you and me. He is able to save you and me to the nth degree, to the uttermost. He's able to save you and me to the uttermost because he lives to make intercession for us. So, I mean, his intercessory ministry has been going for 2,000 years. If you want to know what Jesus is doing at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding. He's standing in the gap between God and man and he's praying for you. And I, you know, he has been praying for me for the past 2000 years, long before I was born. He was interceding for me and he's still interceding for me and he's interceding for you. 
for 2000 years he has been interceding calling out your name before the throne of God and he's interceding for you today and he shall be interceding for you tomorrow he says he ever liveth to make intercession for us and then he says for such a high priest became us who is holy harmless undefiled separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens that means that this high priest who we have Jesus of Nazareth he is holy he is harmless he doesn't harm anybody he's undefiled he's separate from sinners and he's made higher than the heavens and who needeth not daily as those high priests that means he's different from the other high priests the high priests of the old covenant because they had to offer up sacrifice first for their own sins and then for the people and so these high priests of the old covenant they had to make sacrifices for their own sins and then for the people but Jesus he is undefiled he is holy he doesn't have to make any sacrifices for himself and it says for us this is the sacrifice he made as the scripture says for this he did once when he offered himself up that means when jesus gave him gave his own life upon the cross of calvary he made one sacrifice that suffices for you and me for the rest of eternity then he says in verse 28 for the law maketh men high priest which have infirmity but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the sin Uh, the son who is consecrated forevermore that means that the old covenant the law actually made high priests of people who were sinful who were who had their own who had infirmities who were weak uh, in the old covenant the priests were sinful and they are weak and that's why as i said in the previous verse they had to make sacrifices for themselves uh, so the high priests uh, in the old covenant were were men who were sinful and all that who have infirmity that means who have weaknesses but this but the word of the oath which was since the law makes the son who is consecrated forevermore but jesus was made a high priest by the oath that god took that means that god opened and spoke his word he made a solemn oath and it is by the word of that oath that Jesus Christ the son of God has been consecrated the high priest and he's our high priest forever so that is another reason why the new covenant is superior to the old covenant praise god now reason number uh, 14 why um the new covenant is far superior far greater than the old covenant is because the old covenant had a earthly priest earthly priest but the new covenant has a heavenly priest right so and as we know from the scriptures that the earthly uh, is less than the heavenly the heavenly is far superior to the earthly so the old covenant that israel had had an earthly priest but the new covenant that we have through the blood of jesus christ has a heavenly priest and hebrews 5 verse 14 and hebrews 9:24 and hebrews 10:12 so i put these verses together okay hebrews 5:1 to 4 and then i'll read the other scriptures to you so hebrews 
5.1-4 says, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. What he's basically saying is that every high priest uh, is from among men. He's an ordinary man. So he's from among men and he's ordained uh, for men. <coughs> I'm sorry, when it comes to things pertaining to God. And he's the one who offers gifts and sacrifices to God on behalf of men. Then it says, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. That means that this earthly high priest, the high priest of the old covenant, he can have compassion with people um, and those who are astray because he himself is surrounded by impurity because he himself is an impure human being. And, uh, and by reason thereof, he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And so he says that, so because of that, because he himself has weaknesses and sins and frailties, he has to make sacrifices both for himself and then he makes sacrifices for the people. So he makes it for himself and he makes it for the people. And then says verse 4, And no man takes this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. And so these priests in the old covenant, they were all called by God. Nobody could appoint himself a priest. But just like Aaron, who was the, who, who, you know, who was the first priest, uh, 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 you know, who was uh, on um, Moses' right-hand man. And so... It says that just like Aaron was called by God to be a priest, to be the high priest, so God calls men to be high priests. Now, let's look at Hebrews 9.24 and Hebrews 10.11-12. It's talking about Jesus, who is the high priest of the new covenant. It says, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. That means that Christ did not enter into the holy place that was made by human beings because there was a holy place made by the hands of human beings and that was in the temple first it was in the tabernacle and then solomon built the temple so the holy place was in the temple but it was made by hands it was ornate it was beautiful it was great but it was built by man and even now there's people who want to rebuild a temple in Jerusalem, but it's going to be built by hands. You see, that's the thing. It was a temple built by hand. But he said, but Jesus Christ is not entered into the holy place that is built by hand, which are actually a type and shadow of the real temple, the real holy place. So there's a real holy place and there's a, an, a holy place which is a type and a shadow. And the one on earth, the one that was in Jerusalem, that was a type and shadow of the real holy place which is in heaven. So it says that Jesus did not enter into the holy place uh, made by man, but he entered into heaven itself. He entered into the real holy place, not into the type and the shadow, now to appear in the presence of God. And he entered into the real 
heavenly place, I mean the real holy place, not built by hands, which is in heaven, and he did so for us. Then it says, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. He says that every priest, uh, he stands every single day. That's what the priest in the temple did in the old covenant, the old covenant priest, all the priests. They had not just one, they had many of them. And they stood in the temple every single day and offering the same sacrifices again and again and again people would be coming with the sacrificial animals as i said a couple of days ago the temple was actually a very bloody place uh, place if you were to go there you would see you know all the sacrificial animals uh, uh, led in and there was blood over the place all over the place animals were being sacrificed day and night every single day for the transgressions for the sins of the people but and these priests would stand every single day making these same sacrifices over and over again daily. But those sacrifices never took away sins. But this man, Jesus, our high priest of the new covenant, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, that means he sacrificed, he made the sacrifice for him, of himself for our sins, one sacrifice of sins forever he sat down at the right hand of God in the most holy place which is not built by human hands but which is in heaven so this is another reason the 14th reason why uh, the new covenant is superior to the old covenant because the old covenant had earthly priests while the new covenant has a heavenly priest hallelujah now reason number 15 why the old covenant uh, why the new covenant is uh, superior, uh, is greater than the old covenant. And I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 7, 11 and 12 and verse 28. It says, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek? and not be called after the order of, uh, of Aaron. Amen. So it says, if perfection were by the Leviticus priesthood, for hundred people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Aaron? This is good. It's a good point. It says here that if the Levitical priesthood, okay, and people received the law, the Old Testament law under the Levitical priesthood. So there was a, a Levitical priesthood. That was the priesthood of Aaron. You know, the Levites, they were the priests. That's the Levitical priesthood. So if the Levitical priesthood through which the people of Israel received the law, the word of God, it says, if that priesthood could bring perfection to the people, why would there be a need for another priest to rise after and that priest would be of the order of Melchizedek and not of Aaron. He's talking about Jesus because remember it says in Hebrews that you are a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek and Melchizedek was the, was the priest of God who Abraham met and uh, uh, you know and the Bible tells us that uh, 
Melchizedek, the priesthood of Melchizedek, it says that he was without beginning, he was without end, and he lives forever. So the Melchizedekal priesthood was greater than the priesthood of Aaron. So what he's saying is that if the if the priesthood that came through Aaron, Aaron, the Levitical priesthood, um, through which actually gave the word of God, which gave the the law of God to the people, if that if that Levitical priesthood could bring perfection to the people, why would there be a need for another priesthood that should not be after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek? It says, uh, verse 12, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, the word of God, which was since the law, maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. Hallelujah. So it says for the priesthood being changed. So there has been a shift, a change in the priesthood. That means the priesthood of Aaron is now gone. Now we have the high priesthood of Jesus. The high, the priesthood of, of, of the Levitical priesthood has been made obsolete. It is no longer needed because it doesn't bring people into perfection. But we have the priesthood, the high priest, Jesus Christ, who is after the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. Anyway, then so... Uh, Reason number 16, why the old covenant was less than the new covenant or inferior to the old covenant. Or you can say why the new covenant is far superior to the old covenant. And that is the old covenant had an earthly tabernacle, while the new covenant has a heavenly tabernacle. The old covenant had an earthly tabernacle and uh, the new covenant has a heavenly tabernacle. Okay, let me read to you from Hebrews 9, verses 1 and 2, and then I'm going to read from Hebrews 8, verses 3 to 7, okay? This says, Then verily the first covenant also had ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. It says, it's talking about the old covenant had uh, ordinances, that means rules of, div of, of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. It says, For there was a tabernacle made, and first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest. Okay, anyway. But look, what he's saying is this, that this is what the first tabernacle looked like. The first tabernacle, which was made by human hands. Okay, there was an order of divine service there. And it had a worldly sanctuary. And he says, and, and the tabernacle was made. And then there was a candlestick, then there was a table and the showbread, and that was the sanctuary. And he says, <coughs> now, then he says, now of the things, this is uh, in Hebrews, uh, you know, 8. It says, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. So he's saying that there's an earthly tabernacle, which was a tabernacle. Actually, the word tabernacle is an old word for a tent because before the temple was built, there was this tent. And God, had, just like God gave instructions to uh, Solomon as to how to build the, the temple, what the temple should look like. God had also given 
instructions what the tabernacle or the tent should look like. So they used to pitch the tent and that's where the presence of God was and that's where Moses used to hear from God. And, uh, and then what would happen when the Israelites would move because you know, they were moving from place to place. They were not in one place, <coughs> sorry, like in Jerusalem. And so what they would do, they would pull out the tent and they would fold up the tent and then move to the next place and they'd pitch the tent right again. So what he's saying, is that uh, uh, there was that old tabernacle. Now there's a heavenly tabernacle. And the heavenly tabernacle was not pitched. The heavenly tent was not pitched by man, but it was pitched by God. That tent has been pitched, has been put there by God. And says, and Jesus is our high priest and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he says, he's a minister of the sanctuary, but he's a minister of the true tabernacle, which is in heaven. He says, um, then he says, verse three, for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. So every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices to, uh, to God. So Jesus also has something to offer. Then it says here, verse 4, For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve in the, you know, if Jesus was on the earth, he would not be a priest, because there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. But he says, who serve in the example and the shadow of heavenly things. And he's talking about the you know, the tabernacle and later on the temple, which were types and shadows of the most holy place in heaven. He says, who serve in the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, says he, that you make all things according to the pattern showed to the on, on the, in the mount. So what he's saying is that uh, Moses was told by God. Actually, when Moses was up on the mountain with God, God gave him the pattern of the tabernacle and God showed him what the tabernacle should look like. So then God spoke to him uh, and said, Moses, you make the tabernacle exactly as I showed you up on the mountain. He says, verse six, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by how much more how much also he's the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. So he says, Jesus has a more excellent, excellent ministry. So he's not a priest here on earth, but he's a priest in heaven at the right hand of the father in the true tabernacle, in the true temple, in the true holy place, not in the type and the shadow here on earth. And that's why he has a more excellent ministry. And he's the mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. He says, because if the first covenant, if the old covenant that God made with Abraham and with the Israelites, if that had been faultless, there should be no place for the new. The new would not be needed because the old would be perfect. You know, if the old covenant was perfect, there would be no need for the new. Okay, now the reason number 17, while the new why the new covenant, covenant is superior to the old covenant. It says in the old covenant, the priesthood was in the lineage of Aaron, Aaron's priesthood. While the new covenant, the priesthood is 
in the lineage of Melchizedek. So it says in Hebrews 7, 11 and 21, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood for under it people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For those priests were made without an oath for this is, but this is with an oath by him that said unto him, the Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, you know, there's another important thought right here when it comes to the priesthood of Melchizedek. That, you see, uh, Melchizedek was superior to Adam, Melchiz uh, to Abraham, I'm sorry. Melchizedek was superior to Abraham because if you remember, I believe it was in Genesis 14 when Melchizedek, and uh, and Abraham met. Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. So Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek and then it says Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And the Bible says that it is always the lesser who is blessed by the greater. You know, the, there's a scriptural principle, the lesser it's in the Old Testament. It's also in the New Testament. It is the lesser who's blessed by the greater. So when Abraham gave his tithes to Melchizedek, it is always the lesser who gives his tithes to the greater. So we know from there already that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. And then the other thing was that uh, uh, it is always the lesser who's blessed by the greater. So Abraham was greater than Melchizedek. And... Uh, you know, so what it proves is that is that the priesthood of Melchizedek, which is without beginning, without end, uh, uh, you know, and, and Jesus was a priest in the line of Melchizedek. And uh, so that was the more superior covenant, uh, uh, you know, the one that was through the blood of Jesus, because Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a type and shadow of Christ. That's what he is. He's a type of Christ. So the covenant that God made with mankind through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ is a far greater and more superior and is much more superior to the covenant that God made with Abraham because of this reason that Abraham paid his tithe to Melchizedek and Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. And uh, anyway, we will continue more about that later and we, we, we will go into that more. Anyway, God bless you. But let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Put your hand upon their lives and bless them. Meet every need they have, Father. Use them mightily for your glory. If there be any sickness and disease in the house, I curse every disease, every infirmity. I speak life and health and healing and blessing to each one. Thank you, Father. Cause us to grow and to walk with you, Father, so that you may be glorified in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you, my friends, and I'll be seeing you tomorrow.